Hello and welcome to today's edition of the fight against COVID-19. What's really going on? A CGTN radio podcast that brings you everything you need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Yu Tianyun. In this edition, we will look at what is bolstering global investor confidence in the Chinese market. There is a sense of optimism among foreign businesses in China that the market will have a strong rebound after three years of challenges. Omar Khan spoke with a Dutch entrepreneur running a tableware company about how he has reworked his business strategy for the domestic market. It's a product display for Chinese social media platforms as well as various e-commerce websites. But this digital marketing strategy catering to the domestic market is not the work of a local business, but of Dutch entrepreneur Eric Van Rienen. Because we're here, we focus on the Chinese market because the rest of the markets was so far away. And uh, I think the re- response we get out of the market is so positive that we very, uh, yeah, we believe that we are doing the right thing. It's growing. The economy is growing. So there is so much possible. Yes, you will find some unforeseen hurdles, but there is also always ways to solve them. So uh, that makes China, uh, to me, still a country that I'm very happy to be in and to do business. Van Rienen has more than two decades of experience in China. He was running a sourcing and trading company in the city of Jiangmen. Then came the pandemic, which ravaged more than half of the business. And it was at that point that he had to make a crucial decision. Because of COVID, your traditional business was severely impacted. But instead of packing up and moving, you focused on the domestic market. Tell us more about that. This market has still so much potential. There is so much growth still to come. If we can have a part of this Chinese market and get people to know our brand, then uh, the brand has enough uh, bones uh, and enough strength to grow further. And that optimistic outlook is set to carry forward well into the new year. Oh, we for sure will grow. We have seen even over the the past quarters uh, uh, against the the tide, we have been growing. So yeah, for sure we will grow. And we have so many plans to further develop and to further show the brand. It is, we're really in our infant state. Uh, But I I expect that by the end of 2023, we will be looking for uh, for investment to uh, further and quickly growth, grow, grow the business further. That was a report about a Dutch investor's confidence in China's economy. The World Economic Forum annual meeting is underway in Davos. For the first time in three years, the world's political and economic leaders are meeting in person in the Swiss resort town. Chinese Vice Premier Liu He is among them. CGTN anchor Tian Wei spoke with Foreign President Borch Brande on what to expect from the event and China's role in the recovery of the world economy. From the World Economic Forum perspective, with the stakeholders, various parts, uh, how can you try to work with everyone to avoid it, at least to a certain extent? The first thing we have to avoid, if we're going to avoid uh, recession in one third of the um, economies, is then to stop the economic fragmentation. There will be no recovery without a trade and investment recovery. That's very clear uh, to the World Economic Forum. Uh, secondly, we are seeing some more silver linings now than we did just a few weeks ago. Uh, we're more optimistic now on growth in, in China. 
uh, especially towards the end of this year and next year. That's the second largest economy. So if that growth engine really starts uh, to also use all these um, uh, turbos, that will make uh, a big uh, difference. I really wonder, you know, there's always two, coin, two sides of every coin. Um, how do you see this uh, rhetorical side regarding China's growth and actually the real growth engine China has been played the role of? On China, I think that um, China is now going through uh, a few uh, challenging months. Mm -hmm. But uh, from the summer and uh, in, the, in the fall, we do expect uh, substantial economic growth again in China. And 2024, I think uh, China is out of the woods uh, and Chinese economy is going to grow substantially. I think also the Chinese leadership is also very much focused on domestic consumption. It's a huge home market. It's also a home market that is very attractive for other nations. That was President Borch Brande of the World Economic Forum. Shanghai is intensifying efforts to make new progress in sectors such as artificial intelligence, electronic information, and smart businesses which require reliable electricity supply to keep them running. As Zhang Shixuan reports, this has provided foreign enterprises with an opportunity to invest in the city. In the booming era of the online economy, almost everything is linked in the data world daily conversation, business activities, and even industrial manufacturing. That means a great demand for data centers, and each of those needs an uninterruptible power supply, UPS equipment, to ensure that the servers and computers never have power cuts or irregularities. UPS equipment is one of the specialties of Schneider Electric, which just last week opened a new lab in Shanghai's Zhangjiang Science City to test, certify, and develop new products for secure power transmission. In this location, 20 years ago, this is how Schneider started our local R&D capability with a very humble route. At that time, we, we don't have a lot of uh, you know, you know, product uh, capability. And 20 years later, we actually launched the latest generation, first launch in the China market. So this lab is really going to provide us even stronger um, capability for, for, for our China engineers to continue to develop next generation technology solutions for the China market and at the same time supporting our global market. This is a great time where we double down investment and get ready for more products in the future. The company now has more than 2,000 R&D staff in China, 70% of them in Shanghai. And at a newly opened R&D location in the city, the company is holding the global debut of its latest generation of UPS equipment, 100% developed and tested by the China team. Shanghai is where we have the most um, open environment, where we have the world-class talents in all domains. And uh, Shanghai is also where China has really pioneered the, the, the decarbonization, you know, zero-carbon economy. The last three years, even during the COVID years, for my team here, uh, the Siku Power uh, Business uh, R&D team, we, we almost doubled the number of R&D engineers. During the first 11 months of last year, High-tech industries saw foreign direct investment increases of more than 30%. Specifically, foreign investment in high-tech manufacturing soared almost 60%. That was Zhang Shixuan reporting.
Amid stronger signs of economic recovery in China, experts say the electric vehicle industry is one area that will benefit from the new COVID-19 management and reopening of borders. Dr. Digby Ren at the Institute of International Relations in Cambodia underscored China's role as the world's largest EV market. Exports of Chinese cars have gone up to something like 2 million. Uh, and if this continues, uh, China will overtake Japan as the world's largest car exporter. And the thing about that is that most of them, or you know, a very large proportion, more than half, are going to be electric vehicles, and that's transformational. And what, what, uh, what we've seen in the last 12 months is that all the large European car companies and the, some American car companies have been in China trying to secure deals with suppliers, of parts, you know, engines, all those sorts of things, uh, and production, because it's, you know, it's uh, the manufacturing in China is very advanced, and uh, it's cheaper, it's uh, cost effective, it's cheap, fast and good, you might say. Uh, And the quality is there. The senior advisor recounted his experiences visiting a BYD factory. That's probably the world's top electric car producer. uh, And it's very high quality, they produce they're vertically integrated, so it's all those other industries around that are going to uh, also benefit and uh, from this foreign interest and the huge interest all around the world in renewable energies and electric mobility. So batteries, uh, software systems, uh, autonomous driving, all of those things, uh, car parts, um, car systems, all of those things are going to benefit for China. That was Dr. Digby Ren on opportunities for electric vehicle markets amid China's quick recovery. Foreigners with many different professional backgrounds are planning trips to China after the country optimized its COVID response and resumed cross-border travel. Liu Jiaheng has details. Since China lifted its traveling restrictions, businessmen, scholars and tourists have made plans to travel to China. Manish Gupta from India has been working in the import and export sector. He says he will travel to China in spring. I would love to travel to China. I was very happy to hear the news that the ban has been lifted and we can now travel to China. But of course not. Now the weather of the China is too cold. So I think uh, we still have to wait and then I can plan to go to China. Maybe in, the, maybe in April month, go to Gunzhou Fair and have some fun. Gupta also says he's looking forward to visiting his business partners in China. I have many suppliers in China in various cities. Uh, first, I will uh, love to meet them and uh, have a chat with them. I will go to my favorite place in Shanghai called Pudong. It is the best place in the world to relax. Meantime, Dr. Dick Ren with the Royal Academy of Cambodia also expects to attend a scholar conference held in China. Now that uh, we've we've got to this opening, I was just very excited. I've been waiting for that for a long time. I'm I'm a huge fan of China. I've spent almost ten years in China in my life, and so I couldn't wait to go back. And I was trying to figure out how is this going to make this happen. So uh, I'm I'll be there in February, and then they've confirmed again for May. So I'll be there for a big conference in May. He also says the people around him are also keen on visiting China. The people that are around me, the you know that I know here in uh, Southeast Asia or in Australia or in America or in Europe, then I think they're slightly cautious. Uh, they're cautious because 
the media has not necessarily been friendly, that uh, they need to be tough on China. But those that are in the know, that have already been to China and spent time there, know that most of that narrative is just not really true on the ground. And they're all very keen to go to China and they want to get there as fast as possible. The National Immigration Administration said last week that the number of passengers entering China was slightly higher than those making outbound trips, nearing about 250,000 each day. Officials of the Civil Aviation Administration of China also say they will continuously increase inbound flights to meet the surging demand. That was Liu Jiaheng reporting. As China reopens, Southeast Asia is one area which could benefit from an influx of Chinese tourists. Many countries in the region have decided against imposing restrictions on travelers from China. This includes Singapore, which was a popular destination pre-pandemic. Adam Hancock has been finding out how the city-state is preparing for the return of Chinese tourists. I'm here in the lobby of the Sofitel Hotel on the lush island of Sentosa. Just a stone's throw away is one of the country's most exclusive golf courses. There's also the Universal Studios theme park, and even beaches made with imported sand. It's a real upmarket hotspot for visitors to Singapore, and here at this hotel, they are preparing themselves for the return of tourists from China. Now our chef is preparing this beautiful barbecue. People love to start with the beautiful salmon yushan. That's Cavalier Giovanni Viterale, the cluster general manager. He's well aware of the importance of the Chinese market and is keen to cater for them. People have all the menus translated properly in Chinese, having uh, the food that they really like and uh, welcome them with uh, such a warm hospitality. Before the world shut down in early 2020, tourism in Singapore was booming. Over 19 million people visited the city-state in 2019. Travellers from China made up the biggest chunk of that market accounting for close to a fifth of total visitors. Their absence has hurt the country's tourism industry. Here's Stanley Fu from the Singapore-based travel operator Oriental Travel and Tours. There were some uh, travel agents that were mainly dealing with Chinese stories. And because of the lockdown in China, most of this company has already closed down their businesses. So, you know, the whole industry is missing the uh, Chinese uh, tourists for sure. Singapore decided against imposing restrictions on travellers from China. The country is keen to remain open to the world as it looks to recover its battered tourism industry. It's a measured approach, according to CIMB economist Song Seng-Wun. We are seeing infection rising in many countries, not just uh, in China. So if there are no new viruses that are more deadly, that could potentially threaten the healthcare system, then it has a very pragmatic approach. With the Lunar New Year holidays fast approaching, here in Chinatown there are decorations and lights and the shops and food stalls are filled with customers. Walking around these streets, it's easy to see why Chinese tourists would feel at home in Singapore and links between the two countries remain strong. Economist Song Senwon. There is just a lot of interaction and connectivity between the two sides. So a lot of business ties, a lot of ties related to and, and connected with family as Chinese tourists start to return, they should also start to spend. China was the top contributor to Singapore's tourism receipts in 2019, with cash splashed in luxury shops, hotels and restaurants. Here's Ryan Lim from Long Beach Seafood Restaurant. Chinese travellers are known to many businesses for their willingness to spend for quality merchandise and good food. 
Their spending power is high and is definitely a significant contribution to our local tourism industry. Plenty of work is being done to prepare for the return of Chinese travellers, with tourism hotspots ramping up their recruitment to try and address labour shortages from the pandemic. It's clear that the whole industry is pushing to ensure a smooth return for Chinese visitors, as the Lion City's tourism sector looks to roar back into life. That was Adam Hancock reporting. With that, we end this episode of the fight against COVID-19. What's really going on? Subscribe to our podcast for another episode filled with facts, stories, and opinions concerning the global battle against the novel coronavirus. For more detailed stories about the pandemic, visit radio.cgtn.com or listen to our current affairs program, The Beijing Hour, online. Drop us a line on our podcast so we can provide you with even more content that interests you. I'm Yu Tianyu. Thanks for listening.